Okay, cool. Let's let's fucking cross our fingers, boys. I don't know. <laughs> yep, horseshoes up our ass. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, welcome back, listeners, to our what second or third quarantine edition of Dance Robot Dance. This is our fuck. This is the <laughs> infinite one, isn't it? Like I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, it's like the. 833rd of Febtober or some shit like that, right? Yeah, now. fuck stupid smarch weather. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. Lousy smarch weather, indeed. Fuck. <laughs> uh, this is our 193rd episode. Uh, I am Tim. I'm going to be hosting this episode of our podcast uh, that is about sort of all things nerdy from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. And I am coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia for possibly the last time we'll see what happens next week and with me i've got mark hi you guys how's it going from milton ontario and paul also from milton ontario greetings everyone uh yeah so uh how how you guys holding up over there we're not completely insane yet but like the cabin (laughs) fever is probably starting to set in a little bit getting there we are you know getting a little loopy just getting a little like what what am i gonna do next what's what is there to do there are things to do okay let's do those things oh it's only been one hour since i last checked what things to do okay that means (laughs) that i've got another like 13 hours to kill before i can fall asleep again we're okay (laughs) we're fine everything's fine Yeah, well, see, I've, I've just accepted the uh, sleep thing and just been doing a lot of that, I think, more. so That's good, because you hadn't been doing a lot of that lately. So No. <laughs> so no. Maybe you're finally catching up, because that's how that works. I feel like the world coming to an end has relieved my stress about my own world coming to an end. I'm like, oh, if everybody's done, then fuck. Yeah, if we're fine. all in the same boat. Yeah, we're all in the same boat now, so fuck, great. Yeah, I have the... I, mixed blessing curse of of still being able to work right now so i'm working from home so you know i'm not like the whole stir crazy like have nothing to do kind of thing i'm quite the opposite you know we're still trying to fucking finish getting the house packed up and figuring out the logistics of a of a move in time of pandemic and quarantine and everything which is a little bit stressful to say the least but i think we're we're getting there (laughs) yep duct tape everything you own to a rocket and then shoot yourself to canada (laughs) And I think that's your best bet. That honestly, yeah. like, what what else are you gonna do? Catapult, <laughs> catapult all your stuff across the border. Trebuchet, trebuchet. That's it. Yeah, trebuchet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to hit some water? You know what I mean. Don't trash everything. Sure. There try try and land it like in Lake Erie, like close to shore or something like that. Mm, yes. yes. Or Lake Ontario, yes. I guess, would be better. Lake Ontario is probably better for you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, world is still kind of shut down from everything, but there there is some things out there that are there to help us you know get through this and entertain ourselves and keep our minds off of everything the first one i don't know if you guys saw this or not but uh there was a rick and morty short film that just fucking dropped out of nowhere that's like a samurai shogun thing yep that is fucking epic and very bloody and gory and uh is honestly kind of pretty yeah it was pretty good <laughs> i'm uh just give me more fucking Rick and Morty, please. please. <laughs> yeah, I haven't it seen was... it yet, but I'm uh, looking forward to watching that. I'm trying to trying to yeah, it's... not not dive into everything too quickly because we I still don't know how long this is gonna be. So <laughs> trying to give yourself some some stuff to look forward to. Yeah, I'm already like <laughs> racing through all of some of my other stuff, so I want to take yeah. things slow. Take it slow, you know. Fair. Uh, so it's it's very much like it's like Kurosawa meets Lone Wolf and Cub kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, on top of that, we also got a trailer for the last 
five half episodes, like the half last half of season four of Rick and Morty as well, which looks pretty fucking incredible insane to be honest even possibly more insane than rick and morty usually is uh so yeah there's some fucking like crazy gundam suits and some like face huggery kind of aliens and shit in there and yeah and a a lightsaber battle yeah more escapist (laughs) off the wall shit the the further away i can get from this reality the better so yeah (laughs) Indeed. Here's something that is definitely far, well, maybe not so far from our own reality. Uh, There was a trailer that dropped for the uh, sequel to Train to Busan, the Korean zombie movie that's Train to Busan Peninsula. And it looks like it's very much like like it looks like a sequel, right? Like it looks like, hey, this we just gave these people a shitload of money to do what they did on, on a fucking shoestring last time. And hopefully they don't, like, fuck it up kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who's starting in this? Kang Dong-won? Okay. I actually know who Korean actors are now, so I'm like, oh, who's in this? Because I didn't... I had. Oh, okay. All right. I know some of these people. Okay. That's cool. It's set set four years after Train to Busan, and it's, like, on the mainland and basically, like total fucking societal collapse like walking dead times except with fucking like rage runner zombies that does not sound like something i'm particularly interested in viewing right now but yeah uh, <laughs> i i have not been able to bring myself to watch the newest uh, episodes of walking dead just yet either that's that's on on the back burner for me yeah not uh not super high on my list of priorities right now so there is that well, what about the uh, the major zombie property that did drop this week, which is Resident Evil Three? The reviews have been pretty middling on that one, so I'm kind of holding I'm holding out till I can get it a little bit cheaper. I'm not buying that one new. That's yeah. not a. I want to play it. It looks. It, yeah, they seem to be like varied, like mixed, not necessarily middling, because the Kotaku one is pretty fucking glowing. Yeah, it looks amazing, and like I'm sure it is fun. I just heard it's very linear, and it's not as mm. much kind of like I don't know. It's a 20-year-old game. <laughs> I know, but apparently they've, they've cut stuff out from the original game, too. Like, they've, they've mm. made it even simpler than it was back then, from what I understand. So, like I said, it's not something that's, like, super high on my list of priorities. Not like, Resident Evil 2 came out to, like, tens and, like, glowing reviews everywhere. So, yeah. I was very excited for that one when it came out. But this one, Resident Evil 3 is not my personal favorite. And then, add into the fact that, like, I've a couple of the guys that I trust for reviews have been, like, yeah, it's, you know... It's it's pretty, it's and, but you're only going to play through it once, though. Like you're not getting a ton of time out of it, so yeah, I'll get there eventually. But not not eighty dollars. So there you go. Yeah, people <laughs> who buy video games right away are suckers who don't understand the concept of value. So is is it really <laughs> eighty bucks? Like it's apparently only about six hours of fucking gameplay. Yeah, but it's six hours of pretty gameplay. So Jesus that's all that matters. New games are eighty bucks in Canada now. Like you guys are still getting the. I think you guys still get fifty nine ninety nine, right? In the states, yeah, yeah. But like that's yeah. for like something like Breath of the Wild, which has hundreds of hours of gameplay, or no, like, no, no. Or this like is Animal still a triple A Capcom or, or, game. Jesus, Animal Crossing. That's basically a phone game at this point. So I mean, like, it is, but like it's got infinite fucking gameplay, right? Like this, absolutely. you play through the story and you're everything. Done. Everything comes out at eighty bucks. That's how they all come out. They start at eighty Same. and they start coming down. The, the Capcom games come down a lot faster than the other ones, and it'll probably be on Game Pass before May. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to get used to these fucking Canadian prices again. Yes, everything's <laughs> more expensive here, and I you're not that. making as much money. So <laughs> have fun with that. Yeah, but I don't have 
fucking healthcare costs. So that's there is that a big advantage. <laughs> there is also that. What else? So in terms of stuff you don't have to pay for to uh, entertain yourself, uh, this just literally came out very shortly before recording this. HBO is putting about 500 hours of content for free on HBO Now and HBO Go. It's not like everything that they have, but it's some like pretty big stuff like a lot of it the I, sort of the biggest name stuff is like uh tv shows so all five seasons of ballers two seasons of barry all six seasons of silicon valley six feet under sopranos true blood nice. veep and the wire are all totally free that's uh yeah i would take advantage of that if i could because you can't yeah. get hbo go up here but anyway and then there's, uh, there's yeah. maybe like 20 movies as well a lot of them are um kids movies i guess because they're you know trying to help parents uh, ed- you know keep their fucking kids occupied and then there's about 10 docuseries and documentaries in there as well so cool yeah just let the kids watch six feet under it gives them a nice, <laughs> yeah. a the nice wire or the i was wire. gonna say this, i was gonna say kids should definitely watch sopranos that was <laughs> yeah. that's uh, very high on my list of priority for kids to watch yeah, <laughs> uh what was what was the name of of that of the wire character the the gay omar? like gangster dude yeah omar fucking you got your kids fucking wandering in the house being like omar coming omar coming yeah fuck <laughs> In sort of lighter content that you can watch for free, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is streaming his musicals for free online. I think it's basically like just one at a time kind of thing. So he's going to put Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, like the Donny Osmond version, up starting on Friday, April 3rd, which will probably already be passed by the time people are listening to this. And then they're going to kind of cycle from there. So uh, it'll be like jesus christ superstar and they haven't announced anything past that but so actual stage productions and not the shitty movie versions yeah yeah so the the jesus christ superstar version is the 2012 production uh with tim minchin and people so yeah they're the actual stage versions not movie versions oh that's good because we don't need to uh see gerard butler as the phantom of the opera again ever never again please that i mean that movie movie version of jesus christ superstar is fucking phenomenal though but i agree generally speaking (laughs) and we definitely don't need a free streaming version of cats unless it's the butthole cut (laughs) which has been created by some random fan (laughs) online good god bless (laughs) did i not say did i not say somebody was gonna go in with after effects and do that like it was gonna happen <laughs> somebody just went over every frame with like their stylus that and drew on much. like drew Why on not? like fucking like black like six point fucking <laughs> buttholes on all the cats hey you know for the lulls I, exactly <laughs> people got a lot of fucking time on their hands you know what i mean and a lot of them are you know creatives who are out of work now because the, the, the first industry that gets smacked out of work is creatives right so we're all at home nothing but time on our hands so somebody (laughs) wants a butthole cut it's probably gonna happen sooner rather than later so enjoy (laughs) kids because that's somebody like me just bored (laughs) (laughs) and another thing that you can do to uh, keep yourself busy is marvel has announced that they're making a bunch of back issues and like sort of key storylines totally free to read on marvel unlimited Stuff like Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther and Kelly Sue DeConnick's Captain Marvel, which I know Paul is a fan of. Super good. You don't have to like sign up for like even a trial period or anything. You just have to sign into the app and uh, you can set up like free accounts for the app. Yeah. And then just there's like a free comic section. So a bunch of stuff in there that you can read just for fun as well, which is good because Marvel is 
not releasing any new comics either well physically they're not getting printed or shipped right now uh, marvel has decided that they're not going to digitally release any comics for the foreseeable future uh, oh i didn't well. see that when did they announce that it's, this is all in like the last like day or two oh i didn't um, see that at all that's crazy like yeah because DC's still doing theirs, right? Like, they're still going on Comixology and stuff? Yeah, so DC's argument is that basically the people that buy, or, you know, digital comics readers are a different market entirely, that there's very little crossover between physical readers and digital readers. It's true. Um, well, I mean, like, for me personally, like, I, yeah, I am a, I'm a digital-only guy, and even for new books, I read digital-only, so that's... Yeah, and okay. I'm a physical-only guy, like, the only time that I really get digital comics, it, like, I have Marvel Unlimited, but that's because I don't read Marvel, like, new stuff, or, like, phys- or collect Marvel. Um, yeah. For DC, I'm, like, physical-only. Like, I have a bunch of digital stuff because for a while they were giving you free codes in all of their, uh, in all their comics. Yes, so I remember like, that. I got those, but... So, yeah, now DC, but the thing with that, with that is that there are going to be people that now will probably say like, well, if I can't get my physical comics, then I'm just going to read the digital versions. And then who knows if they'll go back to physical. And then that puts like brick and mortar comic book stores in jeopardy. I mean, they're already yes. in jeopardy at this point because yeah. they have no product to sell. And most of them are having to close due to various quarantine and shelter in place orders and shit like that anyway. So what comic books are not an essential service. I just, I, yeah, <laughs> I hadn't realized, but you know, I don't know how to feel about that on a bunch of different levels. So it, I mean, I, it's just fucked, right? Like, there's not a whole lot that can be done about it, but it's it is what it is, unfortunately. And hopefully, these places will be able to make it through and you know continue to because for you know basically, Diamond said that they aren't getting paid from a lot of their vendors because the vendors don't have as many people coming in. And so they're not able to pay the publishers. They're not able to pay like Marvel and DC right now for the fucking books. So, you know, everything's just kind of come to a grinding halt and until things resolve kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like I was surprised. Like that's kind of the kind of thing you would think, especially specifically Disney would be wanting to take into their own hands and mm-hmm kind of forced down the digital path. So I'm surprised they've just decided to just kind of like halt all production and like not do anything in the interim. Yeah. Like even some kind of special event or like get some people to do something rush or I don't know. I like, it's just crazy to me to be doing like nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then on the DC side, it's like, I guess, yeah, like if they're really, the, I, they got to get income somehow. Right. Like it's, I, I don't know. I don't really know what the argument at that, that point is like, it's just like the, everything's well, I mean- fucked up. But look at like on the DC side though. I mean both sides like they're part of a massive entity that's still making right, yeah. a shitload of money, right? Like they're still yeah. got they've got tons of people signing up to Disney Plus right now, I'm sure. You know, Warner probably has tons of people that are signing up for HBO now and HBO Go and shit at the moment. Like yeah. there's still that those entities, you know, the master overarching entities, so Disney and Warner Brothers still have fucking money coming in. So, you know, it's a matter of like whether they're willing to sort of foster along the sides of the business that aren't making money through this to make sure that they come out the other end. Okay. Well, so I guess like in in the case with Marvel, like they would want those creative. It's just like the artists are all fucked. You know what I mean? Like pencils down on as a Marvel exclusive at that point. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? Like, you're just like, hey, commissions, I guess now, because sure. Yeah, surely they've got to say like, okay, you can go do some creator own shit like to you know, yeah. bills or whatever while we've basically furloughed you. 
Yeah, like that's what like that my my first thought was like the creatives. So sorry, I'm not I'm not like the reader like going crazy for the readers. I'm like, well, what yeah. the fuck were all the pencilers and like the creative staff doing? Because no, I mean I'm not super concerned as as a reader. Like my concern is is for the yeah the people that make them and and yeah. the, and the comic book stores and shit like that that sell yeah. them kind of thing. Like I've you know I, I have to go a fucking few months without new comics like fuck it i've got t- shit tons of back issues to read yeah marvel unlimited and everything so but, just, it's, but especially in the case where like this is something you can do in a socially isolated way like they could still oh, get yeah. digital content out yeah through their art teams without anybody getting sick because it would be it's all digital right like we can do everything yeah. digitally yeah so and i, I mean as far as the retailers go the vendors i've I know in both Canada and the U.S. there are like massive stimulus packages that like small businesses can get loans out of. So hopefully they'll be able to get some support out of those loans to kind of keep the doors open and keep the well, you know, just pay the rent kind of thing until shit gets back to normal. Yeah, so. cool. And one other thing that got released just for free kind of thing, uh, you can watch about seven hours worth of uh, GI Joe cartoons that Hasbro has released on YouTube for free. Uh, it's not like full se- full series or anything like that. I think it's like 15 episodes total or something. So if you're feeling nostalgic and want to go back and yell, you know, Yojo with uh, with fucking all those and guys. knowing is half the battle. Gee, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I always remember. With, you know, with Cobra Commander and all that shit, then you can do so. Duke and Scarlet? Come on, Tim. You know, got to know some yeah, of these people. I, uh, Snake Joe Eyes? Like, I, I do know Snake Eyes. G.I. Joe was like one of my... Like, I wasn't allowed to watch it because it was people hurting people, not robots hurting robots. No, see, I just never really cared. My I just never really cared for it, I don't think. So there's always that. But I, yeah. I like the toys. Like, the figures were cool because they were you know, yeah. pretty articulated and shit. But anyways... I don't know. I was a Transformers kid too. I understand. <laughs> and getting into, yes, there's more fucking delays and shit and stuff that's postponed. The w- big ones this week were Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is now pushed back to uh, March 2021. And uh, Morbius is March, also March, later in March 2021 as well. So both of those were scheduled to come out this summer uh, in like July. So. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's other stuff getting shifted around on the schedule down the road as well to make room. This would be a, a great time for them to cancel Morbius outright and pretend that they never entertained the notion <laughs> of making it. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Because if, if <laughs> this movie never got released, people might be like, hey, whatever happened to that Morbius movie? But I don't think yeah. anyone would really be sad about it. You know? No, they'd release it like 10 years later as like a curiosity or something and it would make a shitload <laughs> of money as like a cult classic. Like, like, like if you if you were to put that shitty like uh, '90s fucking fan or uh, Avengers movie in the theaters now, or no oh, the yeah. Uh, yeah. no the or the the fucking Fantastic Four one in the theaters now, oh, like, yeah. it would make yeah. a fucking killing. <laughs> yeah. People would go just to laugh it off the screen. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah I would be into that cinema experience actually. If yeah. that, that's what I'm going to go to Morbius to do anyway is basically I'm, I'm assuming that it's a comedy <laughs> because Jared Leto's really going to take himself really seriously as a vampire and I'm so excited to see what that looks like because he's so awful oh but anyway God. 
Uh, and then the big one this week is Sony and Naughty Dog have announced that The Last of Us 2 is delayed indefinitely at this point because all the Naughty Dog people are working from home right now. And, you know, a lot of them probably don't have setups there. They can fucking work on like a high end video game in their homes. So, you know, production might be still going a little bit, but it's probably going real slow at the moment. Yeah. So. And everyone was really looking forward to that. And uh, I really I love the first game, so I really want to play it. But like, I'm glad things are slowing down so I can get through my shame pile. But at the same time, like, yeah, because this is the most video games I've played in years, years, (laughs) spending hours a day doing this. So (laughs) it's uh, adding that to my shame pile. Sure. Why not? Whatever. (laughs) That was all the news that I had for this week, unless you guys had anything I missed. Nope. The Fountains of Wayne guy died. Oh, yeah. That was Adam scary. Schlesinger, who is also known for the songwriter for a lot of the songs on uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is one of my favorite shows of all time, passed away. He was in Fountains of Wayne. He's written a lot of random pop songs here and there throughout the years, but uh, he was 52 years old and died of complications of COVID-19. So... That's yeah. a bummer. It is. There is. Yeah, there were another couple uh, this week as well. I know uh, John Preen, the like legendary musician, uh, was was on a ventilator for a while, but I understand now he's in stable condition at least. Mm-hmm. And then and the other sort of significant one this week was uh, Andrew Jack, who played uh, like a small role in one of the Star Wars movies, but uh, also did a lot of dialect coaching on uh, on the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, he passed away this year. I think he was in seventies or something like that. Also related to COVID-19. So yeah, it's, it's fucked up. It's it's just going to get worse. Yeah. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, so yeah, we're going to try not to dwell on that too much. Hopefully our, uh, meat of the episode will give people some ideas in terms of how to, how to get their minds off of everything. But before that, it's time for our geek of the week geek of the week (laughs) which is a segment of our podcast where mark exhales his soul apparently and (laughs) where we discuss the nerdiest things that we've done in the past week uh which right now everybody's got a lot of time to get into their nerdy shit so uh let's go with mark first what's your geek week just video games still i replayed control uh what else did i do so I replayed third, control. Third or fourth playthrough of control? second, okay. second, second. Uh, but I did like totally jump over to PlayStation to get new trophies this time and play the DLC, <laughs> which was excellent. Which was excellent. But that's it's such a good game if you would just try it as opposed to playing Final Fantasy all the time. Hey, <laughs> you're spoiling my geek of the week again. Mark. Oh Jesus! <laughs> just you fine. I played Control again. There, here, Paul. Tell us oh, about Final Fantasy know. again. <laughs> I've almost finished, guys. I've almost finished the main storyline for all of the expansions. I'm almost done. I've got one dungeon and one raid left in the main uh, Shadowbringers line. And then I have the expansion stuff, and then it's done. Isn't this like an MMO? Like, yeah. isn't this one of those things that should have just like weeks and weeks and weeks of unending gameplay? Well, I there is there is post game content. That's what I'm that's what I'm aiming okay. for. But this whole time that I've been playing it, I've been playing through main story quests that I haven't done yet because I only had mm. the first the the main game in the first expansion, and so I basically got through like an ex- two and a half expansions of Final Fantasy fourteen in the time that I've been quarantined. So yeah, I've been playing like three hours or four hours a day, like it's my fucking job. So. <laughs> 
That's it? I swear to God, it's more than that. Well, it depends on if I play a morning and an evening session. Then it's more like maybe six to eight hours. I don't know. I don't know what time is anymore. I'm a fucking <laughs> yeah. white mage. I'm a white mage cat boy these days. I don't know. Is that who I am really now? What is reality? Yeah, actually, I don't know. Actually, I think you're. I think the problem is that like you don't know how much you're spending, like time you're spending playing that game, and it is much more than. Six to eight hours a day. Well, who gives a fuck? Because there's nothing else to do. I did see you were having some trouble getting on the servers uh, earlier this week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, between five and eight o'clock, there is always a queue to get on the worlds because they do they do a pretty good job of managing the server traffic so that it's not overflowing, so that you're not chugging and, and even the really highly populated areas don't really chug that badly. So it's mm. pretty like they they do a good job of server maintenance on final fantasy 14 but yeah it does usually result in evening wait times to actually get on the world which can kind of suck but usually it's just enough time to like go to the bathroom and get a drink and then you're on so i was just like yeah. really itching to play that time so uh <laughs> What are you going to do? <laughs> so for my part, my geek of the week, we have a trifecta is also gaming, which is rare for me. But I think I mentioned last week, I started playing Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass, which is the sequel, well, the, the DS sequel to Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been playing it like I haven't been playing it like hours a day kind of things. I've still I'm, I'm still working uh, from home and trying to get this fucking move figured out, but I've been using it kind of like as a, you know, half an hour, an hour in the evening to kind of decompress before going to bed sort of thing. And it's pretty fun. It has like the same cute, like art style that Wind Waker has. It's all like touchscreen, like stylus controlled, like, you know, it's Nintendo, right? So like they always lean into the gimmick of the system on like their, on their big releases. So in this case, the 3ds had like a stylus and a touch you know uh, it had the two screens it had like your top screen and then your bottom screen which is touch screen and so like almost all the controls like you don't even control your character with like the direct the d-pad you just fucking like drag the stylus around the screen it's almost like a fucking point and clicky kind of thing yeah to move them and sometimes it's a cool dynamic like it's a hit or miss dynamic like it's cool because like they incorporate the dynamic in terms of like you need to write down like this little sigil or rune or something like that so that you can remember it later to like write it on a door to open it or like a warp point or something like that. But like it's it is kind of clunky as like a fucking combat and a movement system which so. Yeah, I found that particular use of the form factor to be really fucking annoying when I played it. Because I played Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, like both of the mm-hmm. 3DS titles. And man, uh, Phantom Hourglass was kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest. Because yeah. I was going, I remember going straight from a replay of Link to the Past to the stylus controls. And I was like, why oh. did they do this? <laughs> um, and you're right. The first party games tend to lean into that form factor a lot harder, like Kirby's canvas curse, uh, which yeah. is a very good game, but also had the stylus in mind when it, they were deciding to design the game. Whereas with link, it's like, here's all the same link controls, but dumber. So, you know, that's yeah. kind of how I felt about shit that we won. About oh no, Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, Skyward uh, no, Sword. Yeah, Sky- Skyward Sword. Yeah, I remember you not liking the the motion controls on Skyward Sword. That kind of ruined that game for me. Actually, like I couldn't really get through it because like I was having trouble. Like some of the 
inputs just would not. Anyway, we've talked about this a million times. It's unfortunate because like it's an awesome like that game has an awesome story and it's a fucking beautiful game. But yeah, if the controls don't work for you, then obviously that really takes you out of it. If you know because that's yeah. your fucking main interface with everything. Seems yeah. prime for a re-release, maybe. Then, so then I can finally play the, it all the way through on the Switch, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. If like, Nintendo because Nintendo do never that. does it. Nintendo like doesn't seem to. There, sure, there's. They, they re-released Wind Waker. They re-released. That's uh, what I mean, though. Like, then why haven't they done time. this one yet? This one needs to be re-released for sure. With like, even if they're gonna make me use the Joy Cons, those Joy Cons are a lot more sensitive than like what those fucking Wii nunchucks. Even could the do. Wii Motion Control Plus or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, no, right? Like, ugh. wasn't it an extra like ten or fifteen bucks to add on to the Wii plus the game itself, or was that yeah, it, the price? It, it depends. You you could buy the newer controllers, the, like the plus controllers, had it like built into it. Oh, but if you yeah. only had the older controllers, you could get this little thing that plugged into the bottom <laughs> that, that worked added, like shit. Yeah, that add, that added like extra motion, extra, extra sensitivity. Extra, yeah, and, and like the the basically the extra like uh, axis of motion that you needed. Yeah. So, yeah, I have one. I have one of each. I have like the extension piece, and I have like an actual Wii Remote Plus. And I would Wii never Remote go Plus to the way better. Yes, like right. infinitely better than the extension thing. Like I was, I it drove me completely insane. I went actually almost went to go try Skyward Sword again with the Wii when I got the Wii Remote Plus. But even then, I was like, this is still this still sucks. So <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So. All right. Well, with all of our geeks of the weeks out of the way, uh, we can move on to our meat of the episode. Killer bunny meat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this week we kind of wanted, or I kind of wanted to give uh, our listeners an example of something that you know they can do together with friends, with family online uh, in an effort to kind of combat the isolation cabin fever you know during whatever version of quarantine or stay at home or shelter in place you might be under at the moment so what we're going to do is use the chrome extension netflix party to watch a movie together even though i'm a thousand miles away from mark and paul and totally different country so for anybody that is not familiar with netflix party yet it's a uh, it's a free extension for chrome Third-party extension, I don't think Netflix has anything to do with it. You know, they're doing this kind of on their own, but uh, you can, like, contribute to the people that made it. If you like the extension, they have a Patreon set up. To use it, all you need is a Netflix account and Google's Chrome browser uh, and probably a computer that has enough memory to run Chrome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because Chrome is a massive fucking uh, memory hog now. Yeah. Uh, Uh, And you need to be able to find something that is, in our case, available on Netflix, both in Canada and the US, which proved a little bit of a challenge. I mean, all the Netflix originals and stuff like that. So if you want to watch Tiger King for whatever fucking reason, I don't recommend it because I've heard terrible things. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But if you want to watch like fucking some, you know, Orange is the New Black or some shit like that, or Ozark or one of those Amazon originals with your friends. You Daredevil. Can we could at least just there say Daredevil. Go. Daredevil, yeah. We want to Daredevil or fucking Jessica Jones or Defenders or some shit, or, what, or get real hammered and watch Iron Fist and just laugh your ass off at it. Yep. You can do all of that using Netflix Party. So we will be watching and reacting to a movie in real time. So the nice thing with Netflix Party is that it will sync up the movie for all of us. So we'll be watching it at the same time, even though we're far apart, even if like I 
pause it or whatever. It'll pause for everybody else too. And we're going to be watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail. The classic. The classic first Monty Python movie, uh, you know, fe- feature length movie that they made. Um, we've been talking about like, you know, bringing up Monty Python on the podcast for ages and it felt like a good opportunity because, you know, we could all probably use some laughs at the moment and something to take our mind off. The other option, we were looking at Outbreak, but Outbreak was not available on Netflix in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that bummed me out. Actually, I think Outbreak <laughs> would be fun. It's also like two and a half hours long. So, <laughs> it is, yeah. So it would have made for an extra long episode. So the nice thing with us listeners is that you could potentially kind of watch alongside us uh, and, you know, as you're listening to the podcast and kind of get a commentary track going. So uh, are you guys all ready? You got everything all queued up? Oh, yeah. I'm all good. Yeah. All right. So we are going to start Monty Python and the Holy Grail in three, two, one, go. All right. So opening credits. So um, this is kind of, well, yeah, fun opening credits here. It starts out really random. I mean, <laughs> I, Paul was already commenting on the uh, like Danish fucking subtitles. It's been six billion years since I've seen this movie, and I was like, why can't I turn the subtitles off? Because I'm a fucking <laughs> moron, apparently. Because they're, they're part of long. the joke. Yes. <laughs> I like jokes. I understand jokes sometimes. <laughs> well, so that that kind of brings me to, like, what is how long has it been since you guys have seen this? And like, what's your like history with Python, like, or Monty Python? Like, how'd you get into it? How much of, have, have you watched? Have you watched every bit or just here and there kind of thing? I've watched all of the movies and I used to watch, um, I think it was either on white, I think it was on YTV on like late Friday nights. They used to play uh, the flying circus and I used to watch oh. flying circus late night on Fridays. Cause I was like, what else am I going to do? I don't have friends. So, um, yeah, lots of flying. Sur- I, that's why my name on Zencaster today is, uh, the cheese shop customer. Cause it's my favorite skit. <laughs> I love the cheese shop and I've watched it a million times. So like John Cleese, <laughs> Michael Palin forever. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Mark, how about you? I'm not even sure. Honestly, I I'm sure I, I've seen every movie and I used to watch Flying Circus because I think it was much more music that played it, like late night. Mm. But I, at the same time, I'm not sure. I can't remember. I've I've seen tons of Flying Circus and all that stuff. I think it's something mom and dad watched, wasn't it? Like they kind of. I don't remember honestly. I know I I used to watch it by myself. Either. Yeah, because yeah. I kind of got into the movies by myself too. So I'm not really sure when I started watching it. I think it was just one of those like they're around and people talk about them. So you, I just kind of watched them, I guess. So, <laughs> oh, here we got the beat drop because the resp- <laughs> those responsible for the subtitles have been sacked. Yeah, for me, it was it was definitely my dad. My dad got me into Monty Python for sure. He fucking watched the hell out of uh, Monty Python growing up, and he, uh, at sort of an appropriate age, uh, introduced me to uh, Holy Grail and Life of Brian and uh, the and uh, the me- meaning of life and. Uh, and then, yeah, at one point, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen every bit of Python. Like, I have uh, the Blu-ray sets, like the A&E, I think, Blu-ray sets of all of uh, all of Flying Circus and uh, <laughs> Moose choreographed by... Uh, uh, and, like, even, like, the Live at the Hollywood Bowl and the reunion shows and shit like that. I've got all those, like, one-off DVDs and shit, too. So, I'm, I'm pretty... 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy that they couldn't even let it get past like the credits without having fucking like running recurring gags. That's, that's Monty <laughs> Python in a nutshell right here. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> Ralph! Seizure warning. Yeah. Seizure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nobody should. Nobody epileptic should probably watch this part. Yeah, skip through the credits. <laughs> that's really bad, actually. <laughs> I wonder if that's three hertz because <laughs> surely they wouldn't let them like rebroadcast it if it was like actually three hertz. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that, like, they took it pretty seriously. Like, they made a proper fucking, like, soundtrack and, like, filmed it in widescreen and everything. And Yeah, it's it's clearly a labor of love. And I feel like the, oh, yeah. the, the um, attention to detail there balances out the kind of, like, other low-budget, gar- like... First garbage. <laughs> I hear. I heard you say it. <laughs> garbage. Well, but what, all like the this little... guy that's about to be playing coconuts to <laughs> represent yeah. a horse. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's fucking classic. Oh, we love a, a high budget production. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. And this one was, I think, directed by uh, Terry Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. So both, so the American Terry and the British Terry. Fuck Terry Gilliam, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's he's made some great movies over the years, but is a piece of garbage as a human, apparently. Which is <laughs> that's Terry Gilliam as Patsy. He always got like the shittiest fucking roles in everything too, because like he's not a funny like guy in terms of acting. Like yeah. he's they ha- you know he's 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 a writer and director and like did all the animations for Python. Right, writer, actor, animator, piece of shit. Just add yeah. that all to the resume. <laughs> Ter- terrible actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much of this is just going to be us just like sitting back and chuckling at? Amazing jokes. Just a lot. Oh, man. This fucking swallow gag is amazing. And it comes back. Coconuts <laughs> mug, right? Yeah. I... I always wonder, like, what Graham Chapman would have done if he'd, you know, like, because all the other Pythons have gone on to widely fucking varied careers after this. Like, uh, Eric Idle, well, Michael Palin does, like, travel documentaries and shit like that. Like, yeah. You know, Eric Idle and Graham Chapman or, uh, and John Cleese both had, like, crazy fucking movie careers. Terry Gilliam went on to direct a bunch of shit. And yeah. Graham Chapman died of, I think, uh, like, throat cancer. Yeah, like uh, in the seventies, I think the uh, the one Python guy or the two Python guys that I followed the most were Palin and Cleese, just because like they were in more movies and they were in a fish called Wanda, which I think is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life, um, and I have rewatched it six billion times. So I, I have a, a, a fondness for John Cleese, um, even though I will never understand how 
like he was supposed to be like the attractive one in that movie because he's just, <laughs> he's just like a big gangly t- gangly buffoon oh man <laughs> that's the thing with this fucking movie it's just just like one amazing bit after another like you get the yeah. fucking like unladen african swallows and then straight in to bring out your dead oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I would have like I, if I could honestly go, I could have not see seen this movie in so long I have no idea what to say I'm like this it's like the first time I've seen this <laughs> the thing I love too with uh, so many of the pythons like especially Eric Idle and John Cleese now is that they've both been like very outspoken against Trump on like Twitter and shit like that and so it's always so much fun to watch them just like calling him out they've also I mean they've they're just classic insult artist too right so they come up with the best fucking insults for him yeah i wonder <laughs> if there are a lot of like incel monty python fans who are just like having cognitive dissonance over you know the, i'm sure the, that there are <laughs> man man oh man because like it's not well, much of it isn't like particularly political yeah you know there's there's a little bits here and there but you know it's and it's very masculine centered and like <laughs> when they I don't want to go on the cot when they do have women it's normally like very objectifying but usually like in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way but I imagine a lot of people don't get that it's a tongue-in-cheek kind of way yeah <laughs> I mean like Monty Python I don't know if it was always this way but especially in the 90s it was definitely seen as like geek humor like I oh, yeah. remember yeah. um it being on that episode of The Simpsons uh, where uh, Homer Simpson is uh, at university and he's got all those nerds uh, who make the Knights Who Say Knee joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's like... He hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> so you can tell he's royal. Oh, man. Oh, and is this now... Oh, the, I love this part. This is so yeah. This does get a little bit political. <laughs> The whole, he's not my king. I didn't elect him. I didn't elect him. <laughs> yeah, you don't elect a king. And when they do, <laughs> and then when uh, the pythons are playing women, they're usually just like caricatures of like ugly old like haggard women and shit like that. Yeah, because they would believably play beautiful women and any of these guys <laughs> don't even play convincing beautiful men. So I don't know how, how that's going to work. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Seize the means of production. See ya. <laughs> Some lovely felt down here. Do you guys have like a, a favorite Python overall? If you had to pick one, I'm a Life of Brian fan generally. Like that's the one I go back to the most. Okay, favorite movie. We can do favorite movie. I was thinking favorite person, but uh, favorite oh person. True, but uh, well, we we can go back to that. Michael Palin. Michael Palin. Michael for Palin. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, I, and maybe it's because of uh, his role in Fish Called Wanda that put him over the top for me. But I just love his weird, stuttering, um, super uncomfortable with Kevin Klein hitting on him, um, and then finally <laughs> yes, getting yeah. his revenge by like driving over, running him, over, <laughs> running him yeah. over uh, yeah. with the steamroller. Oh, it's so good. Oh, Michael Palin. 
Bless you. I I think for me, I've I've got to go with John Cleese just because he yeah. just gives no fucks whatsoever. Like he's so yeah. outspoken. He's never willing. Like he's never scared to like fucking talk shit, even about like the other members of the Pythons, which caused some fucking stress over the years throughout you know in the troop and and afterwards, and caused some issues with like trying to get reunions together and stuff like that. But still, like I just really appreciate that like. I do not suffer fools gladly and like I'm not going to just fucking eat shit and call it fucking candy. So Mark, your favorite uh, member of the troop then is Cleese also. Yeah, no, I, uh, he's probably the one I've seen the most of also, but his, pref- like, it's actually Paul's favorite movie that made him my favorite Python, oddly enough. Cause he, the first time I really remember seeing him was probably more fish called Wanda than any of this stuff. Oh and God. he killed me in that. When he was he, so fucking funny. When in he's that. dancing naked and speaking oh Russian. God. God damn. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So yeah, so like I, I he's I actually follow him on Twitter because he's hilarious. So yeah, I don't really follow any of the other guys, but I follow him still on Twitter. So yeah. <laughs> I'm being, <laughs> being repressed. Oh, did we did we miss the the line about? Uh, Women like lying in ponds. When when lying in ponds is no way to form a system of government. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I paused it. I unpaused it. We got like a second off there. Sorry, folks. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I love the score, man. The I know. score is so good. It's so epic, and it's just. But it's also just so fucking. It's like a joke in its own because it's just so goddamn repetitive. Yeah. It's just over and over again. Yeah. And then we're going like into just like you said, it's just classic bit after classic bit because now it's fucking just a flesh wound. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any one of these the Black Knight. jokes that haven't been memed to death at some point? No, we're gonna find. That's, out. I think that's like that's part of the problem with this movie. I think is that like even if you've never seen it, you've seen it like yeah. all already. Yeah, if you've spent like an afternoon on the internet. And in, in, yeah. in any haven of geekdom, <laughs> you've seen something from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Mark gave us his favorite, uh, his favorite like Python movie. Uh, Paul, what's yours? Uh, this one for sure is my favorite Python yeah. Python movie yeah. for sure. Um, like I, I, as I said before, Cheese Shop is my favorite thing that Monty Python ever did. Personally, I don't know <laughs> yeah. why I find it just tickles me so badly, but. This movie, like as a whole, if I have to sit through like a full movie of Monty Python, it's going to be this one. Mm. Yeah, for me, uh, it's a hard call. It would it would be this or Life of Brian. I think I'd probably say this just because there's some parts. This even from like the first time I got I watched it uh, was I got most of the jokes, but with uh, Life of Brian, a lot of the jokes are maybe a little more on like the intellectual side and like some of them I didn't get until I was older kind of thing. So I didn't necessarily have the same resonance with it, like from a young age. So yeah, I don't yeah. think I saw life for Brian, like and really paid attention to it till I wasn't, uh, I think we watched it in film school. Like we were watching it at Brock and I was yeah. like, Oh shit. I was kind of getting all the jokes at that point. And I was like, Oh, this is, this feels much more juvenile than that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. In comparison, so true. Yeah, but like pe- like shit, like like the Judy and People's Front, People's Front of Judea, and all that. Like oh, shit, you don't yeah, really get all that stuff, like until you've yeah. got like some historical context for yeah, it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff's funny though. Oh, it is. <laughs> as a gr- as a grown up, it's funny. I yeah. guess <laughs> which is like the most boring way to be funny. But you know, what are you gonna do? 
<laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and they actually, like, legit try and make these... Like, I imagine they probably did do some legit fight training and shit for these scenes. I love how he leans into the blocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's forcing himself to be in the position for it. Like, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> But a scratch your arms off. Oh shit! These are movies that like I cannot watch without just like fucking quoting along with them. (laughs) And I think the last time that I watched, (laughs) uh, this just reminds me of like that scene from Adam's Family where Wednesday and Pugsley like have all the blood effects on their oh their uh, play. They're like, yeah, they're a talent show or whatever. And they're just spurting blood all over the audience. So good. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think the last time that I watched this was a couple of years ago for my birthday. Like I uh, did like a movie marathon. I had people come over like start in the afternoon and we just watched like three or four Python movies straight through and just got hammered drunk. And they're they're fun movies to fucking just get wasted to for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Looney. I guess the Black Knight's Cleese. Is it? Black Knight, Monty Python. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It was John Cleese. Yeah, okay. Because he's the only one that I think is like as tall as... uh, Yeah. uh, As tall as Chapman, right? Him and Chapman were like the tall ones, and then Eric Idle uh, and Michael Palin were around the same height, and then uh, I think Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones were kind of shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, in the Dragon Con parade last year, where uh, Alicia and I and a, uh, a couple of our other friends dressed up as Ring Race in the parade, uh, there was uh, there's a whole like Brit track at Dragon Con for like all yeah. sorts of British like. British TV, sci-fi, everything, uh, like the Doctor Who like stuff all goes under that track. And uh, in the parade, there was a group of monks that were doing this through the whole parade. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they, they were like uh, standing right beside us uh, in like the parade, like congregation staging area kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. And again, we just go into another fucking classic. <laughs> Man. And this is another one that you're right. There's just been like memified to fucking hell. Yeah. A witch. She likes that. <laughs> oh, I love it. She looks like one because they put the nose and hat on her. <laughs> oh man so good I love these sorts of crowd scenes <laughs> it's, like it's just it's so well improvised right like it's just like no 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 and then one person switches to yes and then it perpetuates throughout the crowd yeah, very, like, there's uh, a bunch of these in Life of Brian too like in the stoning scene yeah. or whatever where they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. where they're all like oh are there any women here no no, 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 no. <laughs> I remember the, this kind of joke in Labyrinth, too, which I think is very 
is Terry Gilliam. Oh yeah, well. uh, is or, or is was or was in, heavily influenced by. There definitely is influence there, yeah. But I don't think is I don't think that was a Terry Gilliam movie. Uh, I know it was like no, it's a Henson, Jim Henson, Jim Henson. Jim Henson movie, Terry but... Jones wrote the script. Ah, Terry Jones of Monty Python Jones. wrote the script for Labyrinth, though. I did not know that. Huh. There you go. That's why that makes makes sense, though. Yeah. Like. It's... <laughs> <laughs> what is Michael Palin doing? <laughs> Just like putting his teeth on his the blade. Teeth the, yeah. yeah, with the knife or whatever. Uh huh. And like all of the pythons are so versatile in terms of comedy, like they can play total fucking idiots, but they can also play like 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 upper class, like high high society types as well. And, yeah, I feel like yeah. uh, John Cleese is always my favorite because he's so he just looks so pompous. Like yeah. he's just so like he's got that like he puffs out his chest like a peacock, and yeah, just exactly. full on, is very believable <laughs> as like upper class idiot buffoon. <laughs> Just watching the fucking wheels turn. <laughs> oh, itch! <laughs> oh man, we're sorry, listeners. This is just too good not to not just watch watch along with. Yeah, really. I will say there is there is some stuff like later on that I don't think is like you know prime content where you've got just some of the. Uh, some of the knights together and fucking around kind of thing and just walking yeah. around. There's, there's it, some like just boring stuff in there, but it's like, this is like 80% gold. This fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie is a little bit front loaded, but oh, this front half is so good. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. In the ways of science. <laughs> and I love it because, like, that is legit, like, medieval reasoning kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> this is all that we have to go on. So we're going to make these wild analogies and just <laughs> act on them. Because, because Jesus said so. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> the book of the film. <laughs> to follow. <laughs> so does everybody know the um, story about like how this uh, movie was funded? No. <laughs> it's like, so, is, the George, is this the George Harrison one? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'll have to look that up. Here, I'll look that up. Uh, George Harrison funded... Monty Python. Because it was one of these, didn't he? He fund he one did. of them. I, th- I think it's Life of Brian. Life of Brian. Was oh, it was. That, that Harrison it was Life of Brian. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> this one, they uh, their initial budget was like two hundred thousand uh, pounds in like what is it, nineteen seventy five when it came out. So it'd be filmed in like seventy three, seventy four. Uh, yeah. And there were ten uh, uh, ten backers, ten financers, and uh, where is it? The uh, three of them were Pink Floyd, 
Led Zeppelin and Genesis. There you go. <laughs> gave gave twenty thousand quid each to make this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which all three of those bands could be considered geek friendly bands too. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, yeah. later on, um, it sounds like Elton John might have gotten involved as well. <laughs> Okay, this, I, like, I get what they're going for, but definitely goes on longer than it needed to. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time a uh, comedy writing team thought that a musical extended musical number was funnier than it actually was. Mel Brooks That's falls true. into this problem a lot. I was just, I was just thinking about uh, Mel Brooks and like liking to do these, putting on the Ritz. Yeah, like a little bit too long kind of musical numbers that like they kind of loop back around to being funny by the end again, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that that fucking diversion though, right? Where they're just like, <laughs> they're just like, oh, this would be very expensive if we were to film an entire sequence in Camelot. So let's just sh- shoot this really quick sequence and yeah. get the fuck out. There we go. We got a little bit of Terry Gilliam animation. I don't think there's much besides this in this movie, though. There, I don't think there is either. No, this is about it. Is there something at the end? Maybe it's the credits. I'm thinking. No, of. no. The end. Uh, the end is just is like the most fucking like Dadaist random shit ever, right? Yes. It, it's just the fuck. Well, we'll get to it, but yeah, it just ends yeah. abruptly. No, no real ending at all. <laughs> That's right. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And roll credits. <laughs> oh no, here we go. Here's some more Terry Gilliam animation as well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this okay, is the fucking kind of title sequence. <laughs> just, yeah, I was loving all this stuff in together, so. Which is, yeah, 25 minutes into the middle. I totally forgotten yeah. about this. All right, this is going to get outside of Monty Python for a minute, but like that sort of music they were just playing during that opening credit sequence. I always want that to be the music that like that's playing at like Renaissance festivals, not like some fucking like dude with a like modern guitar playing filk music, but like actual <laughs> legit like dudes playing like recorders and shit like that. Play, playing the lute or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, I'm always disappointed when that's not the some, case. Yeah, like I've seen at least not in the, the Georgia Renaissance Festival. Yeah, the Ren Fair stuff in some places is like very. Um, it depends on who is organizing it and how um, hardcore they are about historical accuracy. Because they will get, yeah. they'll get a harpist. Oh, they'll get a harpist. Yeah. Nice, nice. Oh Jesus! Another classic scene. So we've we've had maybe a couple minutes of like non totally classic stuff, and then we get right back into this. Yeah. <laughs> and another one that has just been memefied to hell. Qui <laughs> qui de Lombard. 
And if either of you so, guys, uh, <laughs> it's it's already got one. Have either of you guys uh, seen Spam a lot? No, no, no. Okay, Spam a lot. For any of our listeners that are not aware, is a musical that is Tony Award winning Broadway musical that is based on uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, but has a bunch more like original songs in it, and uh, fucking has had some amazing, huge uh, people in its cast, like. Uh, Tim Curry, I think originally played, um, uh, origin originally played King Arthur and, uh, oh, the fucking dude from Frasier, David Hyde Pierce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In, Eric Idle like, like wrote all of it too. He did all the lyrics. Yeah. He did. He did a lot of, composed a lot of the music too. Oh, so, <laughs> man. Oh, this is just John Cleese at his best. <laughs> I fart in your general direction. That was one of my dad's favorite lines because my dad is five. Gassy? <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Both. Poor Kalos Dose. You can, yes, you can be gassy and juvenile at the same time. Yeah, usually yes. it works better if you are actually. <laughs> yeah. so. it helps. It yeah. Helps. Yeah. <laughs> the fosh. Shoshi the fosh. And that incredibly believable taxidermied cow. <laughs> I love that they continue oh, to throw livestock at them. <laughs> you got to use what you got. Use what you got on hand. Seriously. Run away! Run away! <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. The fucking horse. I love (laughs) that we're able to make careers out of being total fucking idiots for, like, but in the most brilliant way possible. Yeah. Like, good for them. (laughs) John Cleese's, like, facial expressions and mugging are some of my favorite things, though, I have to say. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. He's, he's got, a very punchable, expressive face. <laughs> he does, <laughs> and even in this case, where like you can only see like half his face. Yeah, like <laughs> a lot of eye work. He's doing a lot of eye work. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Jesus, that fucking take. <laughs> John Cleese, do things for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, exactly. just like just, just react. Make faces. Yeah, for half an hour and we'll just cut it together however we feel like it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh man. And see like uh, all this stuff with Python is just what I love about it is that it's just 
so much of it is just absurd idiocy that like it doesn't need you know it's not relevant to a certain time period or anything like that like i've talked on the podcast plenty of times before about like how comedy is by far the most perishable genre but yeah like it takes i i think like a real a real talent to make a comedy that lasts like this does that has this kind of staying power. Yeah. I think like considering it's so super absurdist, I think that's that works to its benefit a lot. Just like mm-hmm. yeah, it's not anchored in particular pop culture memes or anything like that. It's very much like Yeah, it's so like funny. it is its own thing, right? Yeah. Where Yeah. Oh, these that moment of realization. <laughs> run away, run away. <laughs> Jesus, I guess they must have had that thing on like a crane and just dropped it. Yeah. A famous historian. Yeah. Does this dude have a stain on his pants? Probably. I think he pissed himself. <laughs> looks like it looks he pissed like. himself a little bit. <laughs> looks like he still is pissing himself. <laughs> Actively. He does look quite old. <laughs> <laughs> sure and then like they didn't have to go to the lengths of having those like big illuminated pages made for everything but it just helps to sell it (laughs) giving me they're zooming in on a matte painting like and you can see the like the canvas grain and stuff yeah it's good it's really good I'm sorry, I'm brutal for this because I haven't seen this movie in fucking ages. This is all new to me right now. (laughs) Is that almost broken? (laughs) There you go. There is the reaction. Wait wait a minute. What? No, I don't like that. (laughs) It just just keeps going. (laughs) His nostrils raped. Hey, some people are into that, okay? That's true. That's rule 34. <laughs> See, I don't think I noticed until now that that's that those same people from the field that were debating systems of government. Yeah. Of the round table. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's be nice to him. (laughs) So. 
See, this one I barely remember. This is definitely one of the less... Less memed. Less memorable bits yet. Scuffers. Wait, so Robin Run? I did not. (laughs) See, I do remember that. Like, I remember the song, but I I did not remember what it was that they actually encountered and then he ran away from. No, oh, more animation. There's more animation in here than I remember there being. Yeah. Still like, you know, a good 20 minutes in between each one. What are you talking about? We've only been watching this thing for like 35 minutes so far. Have we? Yeah. Oh. This is riveting podcasting, boys. Yeah, we're doing it a is. great job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, sorry, hey, folks. listeners, we're, just just we're sit here, law. yeah, just uh, listen to us laugh, listen to us enjoy the movie and watch the movie. Yeah. I guess because like, <laughs> so we're just gonna change this podcast into just Monty Python audio clips for the rest of our yeah. time. It'd be what <laughs> just be it'll be Tim cutting along bits and pieces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like that's how you know where we are in the movie is by what quotes Tim's blasting out right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, Mark watches this like it's the first time he's seen it in two decades. Because <laughs> it kind of is. Because it might have been. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. Again, it's so pop culture saturated. Like, yeah. That you, it's like, no, I must have seen this recently. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, fuck, I don't remember any of this. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Let's talk uh... <laughs> the cancel anthrax. Uh, let's talk favorite sketches. Then Paul said, Paul said cheese shop. One hundred percent. I don't know. Million percent. I don't know. There's I can't. So that's, many classic. There's so many, man. That's crazy. Do you have like a un like a underappreciated one? For me, I really like the uh, was it the uh, Turkish to English dictionary or whatever it is, where uh, they give people dictionaries that are incorrect. So people are going into like cigarette shops and like asking for sex and shit like that. I have no memory of a lot of this anymore. <laughs> That one I think was actually redone in uh, and now for something completely different, like the clip, like the the movie that was basically just like a best of clips kind of thing. Yeah, you know where they just redid some of the the like the parrot sketch and all the their most some of their best known bits. Yeah, um, the Mister Hitler sketch will always make me laugh. One hundred percent of the time. That yeah, one where, good. where it's yeah, Hitler, no, uh, okay. Goebbels, and yeah. uh, and. Uh, Himmler that are just like hanging out in a yeah. fucking like boarding house and like planning their next invasion. It's so good. 
Except that he calls himself Mr. Hilter. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Hilter. Yeah. <laughs> and Bimler is Michael Palin. Bimler. Bimler. Yeah. <laughs> Making exciting it's underwear. Underwear. That's great. <laughs> That's what she said? Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> oh, what else? I mean, like, there's so many fucking classics. I love Ministry of Silly Walks. I love all the, the oh, sketch yeah. where, um, uh, where the guy, I can't remember who it is. I think it's I think it's John Cleese uh, is playing a guy that's planning a, a mountaineering expedition, but he sees everything double unless he covers one eye. So he's like, he sees two people in front of him. And then like, he he's talking about like climbing both peaks of Mount Kilimanjaro and brings, brings a guy in that is like scaling the office and like walks around the side, just knocking over all the fucking furniture. And shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pythons did love to get some tits in wherever they could I, yeah <laughs> suit oh that's the grail shaped lamp <laughs> and you can definitely tell that the pythons are like <laughs> leaning into some of their own fantasies and like scenes like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah the, this weird like medical harem uh, yeah in exactly the, the, like, in the medieval time we will never have women like this fawning over us in real life so let's write it into our comedy <laughs> that isn't that uh the basis of woody allen's entire career <laughs> So I think that's the basis of most comedians' entire career. I would like to point out that Adam Sandler has written himself to be married to Kate fucking Beckinsale in recent memory. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> I do like the fourth wall breaking there. Like, that's something you, you didn't get very much in the fucking 70s. No. You can get people, like, looking at the camera and, like, making super meta humor like that and showing shit that was going to happen later in the movie too <laughs> yeah. yeah well the 70s was the time of like super grim and gritty realistic stuff yeah exactly the warriors and all that shit taxi and driver taxi driver yeah, taxi driver clute yeah. um yeah man i love clute but still like the 70s was like this this was a, a nice reprieve considering like all the dour shit that was going on in the movies at yeah. that time <laughs> let him tackle it single-handed oh poor sir galahad oh another uh <laughs> python sketch that's amazing is the dead parrot sketch 
Oh yeah, well, that's I, like yeah, the best known. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I I do love the uh... <laughs> oh shit I do love the uh, the argument uh, like I don't know what it is the argument like academy or whatever like where mm-hmm. he goes into uh, uh, goes into an office after having paid for an argument and the guy's just contrary to him for like five minutes claiming it's an argument. Okay. And then they argue over whether just being contrary back and forth is actually an argument. And <laughs> why the gorilla hand? I just yeah. why not? Uh, more it's more of a why not? I guess yeah. for everything. Exactly. Monty Python is like the ultimate example of yes and. I can imagine yeah, exactly. Just keep keep pushing. <laughs> Scene 24. Yeah. Fuck. They're calling out the script name and stuff, too. Yeah. So it does, like, there's a Look lot of send-ups of tropes, too, right? Like, this is, you know, the the old crotchety hermit that gives you, like, just enough information that you have to, like, decipher and everything. What crusty old hermit? I thought he was sexy thirst trap. I couldn't. I was. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe he's just melting my butter. I don't know. I must. I must have been projecting, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> there, he just talked like Yoda. Like <laughs> they're obviously sending up that character that's not going to come out for another two years after this. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it only two? Seventy-seven, yeah. right? 77 this came out Star in 75. Yeah. You yeah, can tell, like, 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 the film grain and Yoda's, stuff on this is, like, Yoda's similar to the film grain on, like, the... That's true. Yeah, Yoda's not till uh, uh, 81, wasn't it? Was, that was 80. Oh, 80, 80, yeah, 80, 80, 80 three years apart, yeah. It's three years, right? Yeah. Yeah, the first, the first trilogy is three years apart. Well, they probably shot some of that fucking swamp shit in the same swamp they shot this shit in. <laughs> it's the they shot all that system. stuff in England, right? <laughs> Didn't they shoot a lot of that in England? Like at Pinewood? Yeah, they Empire? probably would have. It could be. Yeah, it's like for all that puppeteering this, stuff? I, thought that, the, I know the Endor scenes were in filmed. California. Mm. The Moon of Endor scenes were in California because of those trees. Okay. Uh, Monty Python, this was mostly filmed in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, all that real fog. Me. Yeah. Neat. A sacrifice. But yeah, that's the thing in like Scotland or England, like you could film shit like this just on the countryside and like there's still like a pro age appropriate, you know, period appropriate fucking castles just in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, completely unoccupied that they could just go and film in or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's or at least around. Yeah. Right? Like- yeah. It's got like one character caretaker. It's like, oi, Niles, can we shoot here this afternoon? Oi, Niles. <laughs> I don't know. Of exactly. Niles, right? <laughs> it's like, sure, I'll just be out back tending the sheep. Yeah. By tending, you mean fucking, right? I wasn't going to go there, but oh, okay. it seemed natural. <laughs> <laughs> and this one I love too, like the comedic timing. Just going back to shit like that and calling back to this random historian that was slaughtered like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. 
See, I'd forgotten about all of this fucking uh, animation because it's not like it's by far it's not the most uh, memorable part of this one. No, definitely not. But it is still just as wacky as it always is. It is, yeah. <laughs> See, there's some of it that's like genuinely amusing in like the uh, series, though. Like shit, like all the. Uh, chrome toothpaste I loved or like the guy with the dancing teeth or yeah there's some some of this animation though is just like it's it's kind of of clearly just fucking like some some of it's clearly just like drug fueled like craziness kind of thing yeah there you go yeah, like here, this is just some fucking castle sitting on the countryside. And see that this looks like it was filmed like on location in a fucking castle that they just dressed up. It like, probably this is was. Not, this is not I on mean, set. Like this- <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, Terry Jones looks so bad. And this what guy's, the fuck is wrong with Michael Palin's hair? hair I know the scalp. <laughs> I was just going to say <laughs> that is fucking horrifying. And I like that they're playing off of just random dudes bursting into song in the middle of a fucking scene. Fucking. Was this a direct reference to uh, that fucking horrible Camelot musical? Oh, must be. Must I don't know when. The, that, that was like 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe it was the 60s. It was like late 60s, early 70s, right? Yeah. Camelot movie, 1967. Camelot musical. First That's- performance of Camelot was 1960. That was on the stage, but the oh. movie was in 1967. The movie? Okay. Yeah. Because it was on stage and the Kennedys liked it, and then they turned it into a movie after that. Mm. And it was a bomb. It bombed. <laughs> no snapping into the middle distance for you. <laughs> you all right there, Mark? Oh, yep. Allergy <laughs> season. Oh, yeah. Down here, fucking just everything is covered in yellow right now. Yeah. It's plant plant bukkake season. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is just classic Python idiocy. (laughs) Just. They're also believably stupid. I love it, but they're also yeah, they're all yes. like real life brilliant people, and I just love, just oh, I love it so much. <laughs> like 
there's a modern Shakespearean quality to this in terms of just like the like amount of misunderstanding back and forth and <laughs> yeah the uh <laughs> kind of like the mechanicals in was it uh Midsummer Night's Dream or something like that yeah. like all, there's always like the lower class characters who come in uh f- to do some comic relief like midway the through the false staffs and that kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And they speak in prose rather than iambic pentameter and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Why does he look like he's about to die? Because everyone has the plague. You have the plague. I have the plague. Hey, it's timely. It's timely. Again, this is more riveting podcasting. Yeah, we're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, we're just killing it this time. <laughs> yeah, we need to. Uh, I should have watched this before <laughs> we did the episode. Yeah, I meant to. as opposed to I. Uh, we had yeah. notes and shit, but yeah, this is you, man. Like you, you love this Python stuff. This is the this one is, you're the one always bringing it up. This is this me. is all you. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite gag from this movie in particular? <laughs> See, I still like the Black Knight's my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, it's like the, it's, real it's just the flesh wound. Yeah, fucking just shit kills me. And then he starts taunting him like that. Fuck. Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think most of my favorite gags have already passed. Nice to say, knee for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think my. One of my favorite ones is, well, a couple of my favorite ones are still coming. We got the the holy hand grenade of Antioch, and the yeah, that uh, one's. I mean, that's pretty funny too. <laughs> and the the rabbit, the rabbit. Uh, yeah, because the rabbit gets me. Like that one's funny. Yeah. And the uh, the riddles three on the fucking bridge too. That that one's one of my favorites as well. Jesus. And on a more depressing note, apparently uh, Graham Chapman was suffering from acrophobia, which is fear of heights, uh, trembling and bouts of forgetfulness during filming because of his longstanding alcoholism. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) But eventually he uh, stopped drinking. He he hit a point where he stopped drinking for the rest of production so that he could fucking get through it. (laughs) Sobriety works, guys. Just uh, just an FYI. And then a couple of years later, he went totally sober and then died. So there you go. Don't actually get sober because it'll it'll kill you. The system shock will kill you. Yeah, the cumulative (laughs) hangover will kill you. Actually, he didn't die until 89, but and he went sober in uh, 77. It was the uh, it was the fucking pipe smoking that killed him. There you go. Don't don't smoke either. Garbage. (laughs) Really convincingly playing those instruments, guys. Yeah, exactly. Are there even any flutes? No. No, okay. Just It's all string instruments, but you hear pipes. That's part of the joke, Paul. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just just making sure. And neither Terry Gilliam or Terry Jones had ever directed a movie before this, like a feature movie before this either. So this is Terry Gilliam's directorial, well, and Terry Jones's directorial debuts. 
And like, it's actually like, it's not filmed like amazingly, but it's edited incredibly well. Like, you know, but that's a lot of that is the comedic timing. But a lot yeah. of the shots are framed like perfectly for a comedic film too, like this, like watching the guy like very gradually come <laughs> from the distance and everything. Yeah. On the whole, the movie, like the w- way that it strings together the vignettes, like feels pretty, pretty good. Like it, it clips yeah. along pretty well. <laughs> I love this. Just killing random fucking peasants, random fucking like nobody that's armed whatsoever. <laughs> just <laughs> elbows the bandstand one time and then it's just done. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just fucking like bloodlust. This is how the medieval times really were though, right? Right? This is historical yeah. accuracy. Yes. Exactly. We'll go with yes. <laughs> <laughs> guys just smelling flowers it's fine <laughs> oh gay jokes these are the one things like they do a fair amount of gay jokes in python that do not necessarily hold up. Yeah, the kind of like gay being gay is funny by default. Inherently, yeah. yeah. Or effeminate or whatever. Yeah. Michael Palin does that a lot, unfortunately. But uh and the like uh the that whole thing is a major running gag in uh Fish Called Wanda with Kevin Klein pretending to be gay and into Michael you know- Palin. I don't know if I've ever fucking seen a fish called Wanda all the way through. Oh my god, dude, watch it. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it still holds up. It's still fucking funny. Hmm. I, I I know I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't because like it was one of those things that was on like every Sunday afternoon, right? Yeah. The Rabbit of Carabinog. That's what it's called. The Rabbit of Carabinog has its own Wikipedia entry. I will have you know. And it's not a short fucking... <laughs> not a like, short fucking uh, thing either. Because it... Does it just list the references? Yeah, so like it actually goes into detail into like the... Uh, the origin of the holy hand grenade of Antioch, because it's like a based on a sovereign's orb, like you know, one of those like fancy things that you just like hold for pictures and shit. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the the like killer rabbit itself is actually based on like a little uh, uh, facade, a little carving on the face of uh, Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> an in, an influential knight. He's an influencer before influencers yeah. were a thing.
I really, I pray to God people are actually like watching the movie and listening to this because like just listening to this as a podcast (laughs) would be like the worst fucking thing you've ever done. So that's the point, right? It's for people to have something to do. We're giving you something to do during the quarantine is watch Monty Python along with us and laugh and giggle and maybe learn a little bit about the movie and what we think of Python. I mean, I kind of enjoy the costuming in this movie. I mean, the, cost- it's- the costuming's pretty good for the most part. Yeah, because one of the things about that Camelot movie that they are clearly satirizing a lot is that they spent a shit ton of money and went over budget to make it really historically accurate, and they clearly didn't need to because this is fine. They're doing fine. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, for having done this movie on like a fucking what, like three hundred, it ended up being like a four hundred thousand dollar budget. Like, <laughs> it looks pretty solid. I don't know of any movies that were made for half a million dollars or less, even in the seventies, that look this good in terms of period pieces. Anyways, yeah. he's going to tell. He's going to tell. <laughs> He just ends up swinging back and forth. (laughs) So good. I wonder if they had a really good time doing this movie. I wonder if they had just had fun. Like to me, like I feel like this would be the most fun thing ever. I imagine, yeah, it had to be a lot of fun. I mean, it was also probably pretty stressful because it was the first time that they were ever fucking making a movie, a feature-length movie like this. Yeah. Just loves fucking random beating the cat against a fucking wall. How else do you clean your cats? (laughs) The hell, Tim? (laughs) This is why I don't have cats, I guess. (laughs) Oh, fucking makeup on this old crone. If you're grossed out, then it's working. Yeah, I guess. Neat. <laughs> See this? New. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of those ones that like wasn't really this wasn't really like on TV very often from what I can remember growing up. This movie? Yeah, was it? No, I don't remember seeing it very often. Yeah. Like growing up or anything like that? No. Yeah. I feel like I ended up having to like go and watch it when somebody told me to watch it kind of thing. Like had yeah. to go like seek it out and like grab the VHS or whatever to actually sit down and watch it the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had the uh <laughs> We definitely had the uh, movie on VHS growing up. Do you guys remember, this is like an old, old viral video where uh, somebody recreated the Camelot-like song with Lego figures? No. But I would watch that. (laughs) Yeah. It was like pre, from what I remember, it was like pre-YouTube kind of thing. 
Yeah, it's on uh, on YouTube in 2006. <laughs> oh, wow. That's like OG YouTube, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. The internet was actually built to share Monty Python memes. That's <laughs> actually why we... Verifiable, we yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just our We're just doing our fair share to continue the propagation of <laughs> Monty Python on the internet. Holy shit. It looks like somebody may have remade Monty Python the Holy Grail in its entirety in Lego in 2001. I wouldn't be surprised. There's there's crazy people everywhere, you know. This is true. Wow. I I cannot imagine having that much time on my hands ever. Oh, you can't now. Nowadays, you can't. Yeah, imagine. I was just off work. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe Mark and I will uh, create our first Lego production if we get some like some sets. We need Lego, Amazon. You know. <laughs> yeah, we, we can start our stop motion production. Yeah, we would need Lego to start that, but um, I'm in. I, I don't mind playing with Lego. Running <laughs> away and buggering off. <laughs> Jesus, it's just <laughs> this running gag of the fucking historian is so good. Yeah, that's the, I think. Off. I honestly, I feel like that's my favorite part of the movie right now is the <laughs> the fact that they keep going back to that poor historian who just got his like shit fucked up by that night. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and apparently the they originally wanted to have the uh <laughs> they were originally going to have the uh the real horses in the movie but they just couldn't afford it so that was where they came up with the fucking like coconuts you know, I remember you, hearing the story about that, yeah. You know, you can actually buy officially licensed Monty Python coconut shells now <laughs> that they they brand as like uh like makeshift horse or some shit like that. I mean, the 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 pythons are in retirement age, so they've got to make their money <laughs> how they can, I guess. So jeez. Oh yeah, it's the Monty Python horse action figure, and it's just two halves of a coconut. That's amazing, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, look at that budget. Ooh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Ooh yeah. Ooh, got those dime store fireworks going. Yeah. Yeah, it's like half the budget right there. Yep, it's gone. Bye budget. Yep. Adios. <laughs> the rest of the movie was made for five thousand pounds. Yeah. It's literally just them walking from one place to another. So like yeah. <laughs> I believe it. In costume, come on. Oh, uh, yeah. 
There are some who call me. Oh, I just I love that delivery where it's almost a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe. Oh, there's the rest of the budget. Flamethrower staff. Get that a oh, lot. Tim. Oh, Tim. <laughs> now you guys know really why I like this movie. <laughs> More roading podcasting. Sorry, this is one of my favorite scenes, so. How long did it take to shoot this movie? <laughs> I don't know, a couple months, something like that? Does it have, let's see, do we have information on filming? I can't imagine. These guys are so well documented. You must, they probably know, like, start date and end date of this shit. He would think, yeah. They're just yeah. one of those groups people like just are obsessed with, so. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, when we, we joke about, uh, or we were joking about Python being like the early internet's shared thing, like, that's not entirely wrong. I'm sure most of Britain's early memeing was all old Python shit that they were just like making oh, yeah. sure was in the internet to start. You know what I mean? I remember at one, I remember at one point in like the like late nineties, early two thousands, you could buy like a whole fucking book that was just the entirety of the scripts from, uh, from flying circus. That was yeah. all, that was it. That was the whole fucking thing. Yeah. I, don't, I just, I don't remember what channel that was playing on all the time, but there was a period of time where that was on TV constantly. Yeah. Like, even when we were growing up, so. Like, we watched tons of it because of that, so. Yeah. I think I remember <laughs> watching Monty Python Flying Circus oh. after The Wedge on Much Music. I feel like it was like, like yeah. Yeah. Just, I would watch so The Wedge and then I would watch. Flying from John Cleese's mouth right now. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. <laughs> there you go somebody set that up, scene up for fucking like two hours mm, yep <laughs> just like lean into the joke too eh? yeah I love it Oh. <laughs> and this rabbit has been merchandised to like no end as well. You could buy like slippers of the 
uh, of the rabbit with like blood dripping out of its mouth and shit. And I wonder how many times it took to get through this scene because I'm laughing a lot. (laughs) So dumb. Apparently, (laughs) I love that it's just fucking head just bites his head clean off. (laughs) Apparently, this movie premiered at Cannes and a bomb threat was called in during the middle of it. Seems appropriate. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then it was uh, it was while they were doing promotional shit for uh, Holy Grail that they came up with the idea for Life of Brian because. Uh, Eric Idle was going around like jokingly telling people that they were going to make their next movie was going to be called Jesus Christ lust for glory. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just liked it so much. They were like, yeah, we should do a movie on the life of Jesus Christ. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. The pythons get to take inspiration from wherever and it's good. (laughs) Yeah. From being total assholes on their press fucking tour. Just being like, yeah, we're going to make a a story about Jesus. And then it's like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And again, Idle and Palin playing additional characters because their characters just were killed. Oh no. No, their characters are both alive. Who is it that just died? Some like no name fucking knight? Yeah, why not? (laughs) They all play like sixty roles. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thou thou count to three. Three shall be the number to which thou shall count. Man, I can I can smell Yeah. I can smell that fucking incense that's swinging behind them too. Oh I hated the church church incense. Oh god, yeah. yeah. So I was a fucking altar boy because of course I was. And so like at funerals and shit like that, I had to smell that shit. I was the one waving it around. What did they burn in the in the censors? I can't remember. It's called incense. It's literally that's what it's called. It's 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 stinky shit. Yeah. It was like a little puck of charcoal that had like some uh, pellets of something like sort of sprinkled over top of it that was were what generated the scent. Mm-hmm. Five is right out. Being the third number be reached. 
fuck like there was a time when i had this whole speech like memorized inside out because that's what i fucking did in like college was watch monty python over and over again and memorize it five hey you ended up married three. so you it wasn't all a loss right <laughs> true yeah <laughs> And we're back again. <laughs> You'll know that they that they were just at the uh, uh, back at the shrubbery. <laughs> this is shot pretty well. I, I like this shot. Yeah, it's not. I mean, for a comedy, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For a very, very, very low budget comedy. Yeah. Like, look at, you know, similar, like, parodies or whatever, like, fucking, I don't know, Scary Movie or some shit like that. You're not going to get shots like this in Scary Movie. <laughs> That's probably true. Yikes. Just the absurdity of somebody continuing to carve as they are actively dying. (laughs) (laughs) It's in front. All right, I'll be honest. I feel like this is going on a little long. <laughs> Editing, oh, maybe shit. not their strong suit. Maybe not. Yeah. Like, I feel like this probably didn't need to be a 90-minute movie. They probably could have got away with, like, 75, 80 minutes or something like that and had it be a little bit tighter. Probably. But then they w- wouldn't have... Like these great extended animated sequences that go on for way, way too long, too. So, <laughs> yeah. but I do appreciate that they use these to like do the scenes that they clearly didn't have budget to film in real life. Yeah, <laughs> more fourth wall breaks. We got to have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> This modern police inspector just oh, so, <laughs> so good. It's so good. <laughs> I do love the bridge of death as well. <laughs> From scene 24. Oh. oh, this has one of my favorite moments in the movie too, actually. What? Blue, the, uh, the, no green. Uh, ah! no, the awkwardly timed intermission. 
where it just kind of like cuts to intermission for no reason because it's like is that here? I think that's here, isn't it? I don't when know he's if that's cro- when they're movie. crossing the bridge. We'll Maybe. <laughs> he can't, I like that he continues to get five mixed up with three. <laughs> three. Was it, uh, this is... The comic book guy on The Simpsons who's like, you may yes. sit here if it's... you answer these questions. Me. Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another beautiful trope subverted. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's Terry Gilliam. The the old dude? The old crusty dude? keeper, yeah. The old crusty thirst trap? Yeah. Oh, I love this. Blue. No. Get him. <laughs> and I enjoy that now they're playing on like the whole like only one person makes it alive or whatever. Who was that found the girl in the actual Arthurian legend. I think it was Galahad, right? I don't know. Let's find out. If only we had the internet. Yeah. It was Galahad. Yeah? Yeah. Did they use the same footage of the thing falling into the fucking... (laughs) Probably. (laughs) We blew all all the fucking budget on the fireworks and... I think they used the the same fucking, like... Enchanter Tim scene there, so... The dummy falling through the... Into the pit. I think it's the same thing every time they do that shot. Yeah. <laughs> this is fascinating. <laughs> right here. Oh, there it is. yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I love this music. I knew too. that musical cue anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. That's the perfect time for an intermission. Ten minutes before the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take a piss. Right in the middle of a scene. Yeah. I wonder if people did like actually start getting up. And like going out to get a snack and then be like, oh fuck. <laughs> See, Terry Jones is the only one that always <laughs> just always seems to end up playing the oafish dude. He never ends up playing like the semi intelligent guy. He also played uh, Mr. Creosote mm. in the meaning of life, the guy that explodes 
after being fed fed a wafer thin chocolate. <laughs> Oh yeah, the last ten minutes of this movie. <laughs> I thought the the rest of it was not silly nonsense to begin with, but yeah. Yeah, we're about to come have multiple narratives come crashing together. Uh, here. I was going to say, there's an awkward pause there to uh, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> it was like, was that the royal we? Where yeah, are we all supposed about to wait, come? Were we supposed to be jerking off right now? Oh, shit. What, you haven't been this whole time? I'm going to need a minute, boys. Hold on. <laughs> what, you guys haven't yeah. been hard this whole time? I've been edging this whole movie. It's yeah, no, oh, just, just right. at that bridge keeper scene, you know? That's, he, yeah, really, yeah, exactly. yeah. he really gets That's me going. Strap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that that's clearly like a 2D cutout. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no depth to that whatsoever. Like, that boat's not really a boat. They're walking on that water right now. Like, uh, I don't know. That looks kind of legit. Those, those uh, sails at least look legit. Mm. Yeah, they're I mean, it, the looks, it looks like it cost about thirty bucks to put together. But yeah, <laughs> they're turned the wrong way for sure. Also, yeah. <laughs> it's a magic boat, Mark. Oh, and, I love a, it. and another castle. <laughs> another castle that was probably like about a mile away from the next the previous one this is Just, apparently castle stalker is what this one is called i don't know weird jetty too eh? like yeah it's kind of cool on a tidal island <laughs> but it was built in 1320 by Clan McDougal. By Clan McDougal. <laughs> I'll do it your second time. Yeah, French people are the worst. Yeah, we really are. Fucking, it's true. Fucking Frenchies. Terrible. Goddamn frogs. what does that even mean So apparently these uh <laughs> these like French <laughs> French guys that are just taunting is based on a real thing. Like there were actually people medieval troops whose sole purpose was to taunt the opposing enemies. So like cutting a promo, but Yeah, it's like pro wrestling, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the kayfabe, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You had your best talker go out there and run their mouth? Yeah. That's good. 
And then they would actually do what they just did as well in terms of dumping like chamber pots out onto people that were trying to invade and like. I think Romans would like uh, launch like rotting carcasses at their enemies as well. Yeah, well, it gets rid of the corpses on top of everything else. You yeah. want them around you rotting. So. And, and, and can spread disease, which is good for... Also good, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's hard to do a siege when you're dying of cholera or whatever, but... <laughs> and you know that all these, like, extras and shit are just, like, dudes that they fucking picked up off the street. <laughs> like, none of them are yeah. trained actors. Yeah. Anyway, sure. Or they're already, like... They were already on set because they're like crew, like the yeah. the, the crew just getting shot, like the same twenty people again and again. Yeah, like that's the whole. Yeah, like this yeah. is the whole crew. That's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody, like every friend that every friend has, <laughs> and they paid they paid them all twenty bucks to like get kind of sooty and like put some chain mail on and stand in the line. Well, yeah, let's sit there and count. I think there's like forty five people there, maybe. Yeah. So imagine like being in the theater and not knowing when this movie was going to end. Yeah. And then having this happen. <laughs> like thinking like, oh man, this is going to be amazing. Like big fucking huge battle scene. Like, I don't know how they're going to pull this off with the fucking budget that they have. And this. <laughs> 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 just and I, I love that they do like the shaky like cop style cameras and shit like that now cops before <laughs> cops was a thing yeah i think the makers of cops watched this and was like hey we can make a show out of this yeah, exactly it's a great idea but let's use trailer trash from the states instead yeah and there that's that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Imagine being in the theater and being like, "Wait, what? what yeah. That that that's it? What what the fuck?" <laughs> and then we get the organ music again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Given how movies were ending in the seventies, generally speaking, that was like you know less uh, like shocking and intrusive than a lot of those endings. And, and probably still less baby. death. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, wow. The trailer for Joe Exotic uh, Tiger King is now playing. That's very exciting. Oh, no. Is- <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that was uh, Monty Python the Holy Grail. So, what'd you guys think? I need to... I wish I'd seen it before we watched it because I feel like I was just sitting there enjoying it. I haven't seen it in so long. Uh, no, I love that movie, so... I'm glad we took the time to sit down and watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned some stuff about the production, and honestly, like it's still it's still funny. I know that it's been memed to death, and that it has been co-opted by some of the worst of our geek community, but it's still just fucking funny. It's just a solid film. It is yeah. really, really good. 
And you, it you'd will, be hard pressed to find another movie that is that packed with like classic fucking bits and gags. Have they become classic bits and gags because we've memed them to death, or were they just always that funny? I don't know, but like, because I can't divorce the two anymore. Well, I I remember like just you know fucking reciting those with with my friends in in undergrad kind of thing, like well before memes were ever a thing, right? Yeah, like you know you just I sit around and like fucking like. Yeah, and just like, you know, having a few beers and just be like, man, you know, I fucking just start talking about Monty Python and we just start fucking reciting bits back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's still, it's yeah. it's a fucking great movie and it's still funny all, almost all the way through. Very few misses comedy-wise. Yeah. yeah, that's not like not really no no clunkers in that, so that works out really quite nicely. Yeah, exactly. There, there's a couple, you know, there's definitely some that, are, that hit better than others and that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. absolute classics. So, all right. Well, uh, so that was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And hopefully you did actually watch it along with us. Uh, cause I know oh, God, uh, this would be t- intolerable otherwise. I can't imagine what that would have been hey, like. Hey, it would still be better than the first commentary that we did. I absolutely, a hundred percent. Just make sure you're. Yeah, if you made it this far and you were watching the movie, wow. <laughs> it still is better than uh, than when we did uh, Batman Superman. Dawn yes, that was awful. <laughs> with with like eighty three people all trying to talk over each other. Yeah, you weren't um, the one who edited that. <laughs> but yeah, so and that that is that is Netflix party. So we were just able to watch that whole movie together without being anywhere near each other, and everything was all synced up, and you know all the jokes were landing at the same time. And I should say as well, we didn't really use it because we were obviously talking to each other through the software used to record the podcast. But um, there's a little chat window down the side as well, so you can just be you know shooting the shit with your friends while the movie's going on and everything too and so yeah and if you need to like pause it and somebody needs to go take a pee break you can do that and it will pause it for everybody and then you can you know come back and uh and continue on from the same place and so you everything will stay synced and, yeah. so you want to be that guy who <laughs> yeah. makes everyone wait for you while you while you like take a shit or whatever that's fine <laughs> yeah like 15 well, minutes yeah, in yeah. well yeah. And then i have to go out for a smoke break guys sorry i took a shit and this had a smoke and then i had to get a drink i was thirsty so so it's you know, <laughs> fine. After refill yeah. my beer, whatever, uh, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there you go. That's something that you can do with your friends, even when you're having to social distance or quarantine or or whatever. So you know, just like you said it's just a Chrome extension. You can install it for free. And then fucking watch it with your friends. Uh, so with that, we can move on to our final stingless segment, which is Geek Cred, where each one of us just goes around and recommends something that we've been enjoying lately or at some point in the past and that uh, we think that some of you might check out because now's the time when a lot of people are probably looking for stuff to do and take their mind off of things. So uh, let's go to Mark first because Mark was pretty quiet during the movie. Mark, what's your Geek Cred for this week? Maybe go watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail <laughs> before you watch it with our non-commentary on top of it, because um, it's quite funny. Uh, no, uh, there was a Pearl Jam album that came out like last week, and I've not talked about it at all. And uh, go listen to that, I guess. That would be a thing to do. Also, follow me on Instagram, mt underscore bullet, or go buy a print, blackraingallery.com. That would be also awesome. Thank you. There Damn. you go. Uh, all right. Paul, what is your geek cred for the week? Uh, well, I mentioned it like six times during this podcast, but go see Fish Called Wanda. 
Like yes. it's really fucking funny. Um, Kevin Klein, I believe, won an Oscar for his performance in this movie because he was so fucking funny that he will make you cry laughing in this movie. He is like violently funny in that movie. Yeah, it's and and insane. he's not the only one who's violently fun uh, funny in no, that movie. John Cleese and uh, Michael Palin. And ja- Michael Palin. And Jamie Lee Curtis is really funny in that Jamie movie. Jamie Lee Curtis too. fucking kills it. That's why I was thinking it was Jamie Lee Curtis just like crushes it yeah, in the movie. So. It's really good. And um, to a lesser extent, if you want to watch Fierce Creatures, I wouldn't stop you. It's the same cast. And like if you yeah. really, really like A Fish Called Wanda, I know I saw Fierce Creatures in the theater. And it's basically like it's not a sequel to A Fish Called Wanda, but it's, a, it's the same cast, but different plot and completely different, but same like basic comedy riffs and vibe yeah for sure so go uh watch those movies but especially especially a fish called wanda because it is one of the best movies one of my favorite comedies one of the best movies of the 80s just go see it so good nice yeah i i will need to go back and watch that because like i said i don't do it tim do it. <laughs> I don't God know that it. I've ever watched the whole damn thing. Uh, for me, um, so a couple weeks ago, I uh, asked for recommendations for, no, I guess, geez, probably wasn't a couple weeks ago. Fucking time has no meaning anymore. Uh, I asked for recommendations uh, for new comedy shows on Facebook from, from my friends list because like a lot of my favorite comedies are either like on the darker side and I don't really feel like watching them right now or they're not like putting out new episodes at the moment. So I was looking for something like kind of light and fluffy as a distraction from me broadly gesturing at everything uh and uh multiple people actually recommended Shit's creek to me uh and the one recommendation that really sold it was somebody that uh told me that it did not feel like CanCon because i always tend to avoid CanCon because like it just it just fucking rubs me the wrong way for some reason most of the time mm-hmm and but now I'm like so I'm like three seasons into Shit's Creek now and it's fun. I mean Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara are both really good in it. I've you know I, I really like both of them. Uh, it's definitely helped to sort of you know keep my mind off off everything that's going on. Um, I don't know that it's like something that's going to become like one of my favorite comedies of all time. I don't know if it's going to have like a lot of rewatchability for me, but like it's a solid fucking comedy that is just light and doesn't take itself too seriously, kind of thing. Um, if you like Shit's Creek, um, I don't know if you've seen it yet. If you've uh, at your point in the series, but there's a part of the series where Alexis debuts her pop single called no. "A Little Bit Alexis," and it, it, there is a full version of "A Little Bit Alexis" on YouTube, and I highly, highly recommend it because oh, wow. it's so and uh, it became a tiktok meme to do the choreography for her debut <laughs> and it's just a bunch <laughs> of like uh skinny white girls doing this fucking dance to a little bit of alexis it's it's so good it is one She's of my definitely favorite. my least favorite character like that fucking vapid idiot girl kind of thing yeah and that's why it's so goddamn entertaining she's so lacking in self-awareness um, yeah. and this this uh song sounds like like late career britney spears in the best and worst way possible so like <laughs> go listen to a little bit of lexus on youtube it's so good i will, I will when i get when i get to that episode i'll yeah. remember to look that up for sure yeah is it sure. be- better or worse than cray cray what how how do i say this it's better because it's clearly a joke but it's also <laughs> worse because it's clearly a joke and cray cray is it's just 
I don't even know what to say about Cray Cray. God damn. <laughs> anyway. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, that uh, closes out our episode for the week. So thank you for listening, folks. And uh, hopefully you did watch the movie along with us. Uh, if you did, let us know what you think about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You can do so on our Facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. You can send us an email at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. And if you are not already, you can subscribe to our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or pretty much wherever podcasts can be subscribed to so with that uh from quarantine i'll say good night mark good night guys have a good one enjoy your time alone yes uh say good night paul good night everyone and i'm tim saying good night from atlanta and uh and uh, you know try and make some connections out there go out and watch something with friends or listen to something with friends or whatever just mm-hmm. Don't go crazy. Too late. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.